Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I knew it. Another Heard at Media production. Yo, do you know what, JT? I have the perfect mug for you that I'm drinking out of today. Um... Yeah, that's a that that really you do it kind of manifests you. <laughs> you know why? Because I was just finishing up the last season, the reunion, and that is the word that came to my mind. Fuck. Why? Just like the whole thing. Well, hold on. Let's before I get into that, I want to tell everybody why. I was so beyond excited to have you because you guys, we were at BravoCon. And by the way, do you notice the red? Because that's when I was, I met you. I was wearing red. I wore it for you. Do you see I'm bringing it all back to you? You really so, are. You're, you really are. <laughs> so you guys, we're at BravoCon. I have no idea where the fuck I am. And I'm literally walking around by myself. And I walk through a door and JT and I like almost bump into each other. And I was like, yo. And he's like, yo. And it was just love at first. We matched. Our outfits matched. You're with your sisters. So to be not to interrupt you, to, to be totally honest with you, I had my sisters by my side. Like, yeah, I want to be a good big brother. But it was a little contrived because I wanted to make sure if people I that I should know pass by, I can know their name because they're all Bravo, <laughs> like they're Bravoholics. And they, you were walking my way through that back room and they're like, that's the, that's New Jersey. I'm like, okay, name, name, name. I didn't know. I, I don't know anybody. I know Kyle Richards and like Andy Cohen and um, from just TV. And then I'm like, yeah, this beautiful blonde girl. She must be a housewife. So I walk up to you. I'm like, hello. And you're like, Hey, I'm like, they just had, and then we're like, we, and I thought you were like super famous. And you kind of yeah. are. Yeah, no, not at all. But now I just like you. And so I'm like, this is my one podcast I'm doing this whole off season. And I vibe with you. And I hope it's a good one because this is the only one I'm going to do because I don't like to do these things that much. It, it, listen, it, it, A, I didn't know that story. Two, I'm not famous. Three, I love how they were like New Jersey, even though I'm not even on the show. Well, I'm with, I do the other pod with Teresa from New Jersey, but I love that they at least recognize me from that. Your sisters were phenomenal. I love them. And I'm so happy that they were like, this is, you guys are, I just, you know, we hit it off and we've had an amazing relationship since. 
And you, I'm sure you've met a lot of people at BravoCon and I've met a lot of people in the Bravo world and just on TV in general, and some aren't the nicest. So when you find somebody that you vibe with, that you get along with, I think you got to hold extra tight because it's hard to come by. That's true and genuine too, I should add. Well, you know, like when you're a freshman in high school or college, like, like nobody wants to be your friend. Yeah. That's like I you're kind of like, or like when you're 23, nobody loves when you're 23. Well, my BravoCon was so interesting because like the show really had not kind of like people, the fans, like the fans of our show, like they were showering me with love, but then I would go inside. It was awesome to feel that love, but then I would go inside like the gates where all the other Bravo lives are hanging out. And they're like, who are you? Like, why um, are you relevant? Please yeah. leave me alone. So it was like, you would go into certain areas and you'd feel like a freshman and then you'd walk outside where the fans are and you'd feel like the quarterback. It was such an interesting, like, behavioral science experiment. And it was, thank God I had my sisters and thank God I met you because you were uh, nice to me. Well, listen, you should always be nice to people. And, again, I think we're – listen, what are the chances? I wasn't supposed to be walking that way. You were walking, like, I, five feet, we wouldn't miss each other. So, you guys, this is another reason, besides the fact that, of course, I love Southern Charm. And I love JT this season, but just the fact of how I've gotten to know him and since meeting him at BravoCon, like this was a reason I was like, we got to fucking do this. And JT, well, and congratulations, like your first season. Are we celebrating? Are we mad? Are we, what, how, what, what's one word if you can to describe your first season? That's a good question. I, the one word would just be shell-shocked. So why? I mean, last January, I was a financial advisor managing mutual funds, balancing a real estate portfolio, and the phone rang, and it was like the TV doors opened up, and I was scared shitless to do it. And then somehow I grabbed the bravery and the courage and put myself out there and you know, you don't have a lot of, I mean, you have control over what you say, but then, and then it's just like out of your hands. You don't know what's, it's just improv. And so to go on a national stage on like a, like a well-known, like I live in Charleston, like it's a big deal in this town and to go and have, it's like when in Willy Wonka, when Charlie gets the golden ticket, like people don't always make it out of the chocolate factory, you know, and to go in the chocolate factory, see it all from above in that little elevator and rocket ship and BravoCon and do the show and, this analogy is getting really out of hand, but I, I, made I, it. I'm, I landed I back it. on earth and like, I'm on a podcast with a cool person, you, and a year ago today, I never could have imagined in my wildest dreams that I would be talking to you after the year I just had. Cause I think shell shock is a fair word. So, okay. So here's the thing because watching, and this is, if I can say, I want to, I want to know what you think of how you were portrayed if I can say first how I think you were. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think like instantly I thought, here we go. We have like another, you know, did he get it all his money from mommy and daddy? You know, like the Southern charm kind of way with these guys. Does he really work? You know, what's this guy about? Just like we've seen with the other guys sometimes. And he has a mouth and he stands up for the ladies, but is he like, you know, is he the savior? Is he the bad guy? Like I couldn't put my finger on 
who you were. So like, I guess me, I just wanted to be like, who are you? Like, where the hell did you come from? Is it mommy and daddy's money? Is this like a, a prop, like your quote event space? Like, yeah, it's like, it's like, did my mommy give me money to like have an event space? And like, and I think that, you know, there, there's a lot of characters on the show and everybody has their own strengths and, and things they bring to the table. And I think going back to your last question, like I had never done this before. So I don't even, I think I own maybe 10, 12, 15 businesses. There's a lot of LLCs, right? And I was you excited do? to do, yeah, I do. But the only one that was shown, and I'm not complaining because any PR, any press is good press, right? But this event space that I'm sitting in is just like the tip of the iceberg of sort of as a man, like your business is kind of, I mean, I don't have a wife or kids. Like my, my businesses are my babies. And so I was, I worked really hard over the last 15 to 16 years to get to where I am. I started with nothing other than just two wonderful parents and a great upbringing, but I had to figure it out. And then, and then I did, and then the show called and I did, and I was excited to kind of like show off about, and hopefully, you know, pump those other businesses. Um, the event space was the only one. So maybe if there's another season I can show some more, but there's a lot more to unpack. And I hope that um, in the future seasons that more of the businesses and more about who I am as a person are shown. But again, not a complaint. I'm just happy to be here. So you own, this is just the event space because we only saw that one thing with your mom in there. That's yours. And and then you own 10 to 15 on top of like, what are the other, there are other event spaces. What are they? So let me start from the beginning. So I think this is important because I'm not a trust fund guy. And I wish that I, I wish like to a certain extent that I was, because it would have made my life a lot easier. At the same time, I feel like not having a trust fund and starting from scratch out of college. Um, it, it, it kept me from getting robbed of the feeling of doing it myself and having that confidence that comes from being, hardworking, persevering, struggling, and then being successful. But I was a failed soccer player. Like when I say failed, I played in college. I played division one soccer in Virginia at a place, at a place called William and Mary. I wanted to play pro. It didn't work out. Thank God. Cause I'm having so much more fun now than playing soccer. But I started working at a bank and in a bank branch, like cold calling, like from a closet. I had like a hundred dollars in my checking account. I was 21, 22. And I remember very distinctly my girlfriend at the time, I couldn't pay my rent. I had to ask, the rent was like 600 bucks in Washington, DC. And I couldn't make good on my 300 bucks. And I had to go to her and be like, Hey babe, like, can you pass the, you know, pass the mashed potatoes? Like, by the way, like, um, I only have $200 like for the rent this month. Can you help me like get through? And she looked at me and she was like, I got you. And then I would go to work every day of the week for seven days of the week. <clears throat> and it was like seven in the morning to like 11 at night, Monday through Sunday, like thank you cards for meetings on Saturday and Sunday. If I didn't have any meetings, and I did that for basically my twenties. And finally I just made it in finance and had built a pretty unbelievable wealth management practice that I was very proud of. And, um, you know, when you when you start making some money, you, you can go to other banks and lenders and you can go get mortgages to buy property. I didn't have any real money yet. And I had to go use my W-2s, just my track record of hard work to go get loans to buy properties in Charleston, of all places. 
And they were all like derelict historical buildings. They were like, I don't want to make fun of my properties now because they're beautiful and they all have a story. But when I say they were falling down, they were like falling down derelict. The space I'm sitting in right now is the, I want to say the ninth property I renovated. Um, but it was derelict. There were there were wires. I'll send you some photos of the before's wires. I mean, there probably weren't syringes, but it sure felt like a drug den. And now it's a beautiful event space that I spent four years getting approved by the city and renovated. And um, I know I'm rambling, but you take yeah. the wealth management business. That was the W-2s you have from there. You grind and you grind and you grind. You renovate historic buildings. You brand it under a collection called the ends you can go to the ends.com or the ends um, on instagram i branded all the houses i branded the event space the ends clubhouse 38 years old started with nothing built one business and then with the craziest thing i've ever done in my life was when the show called this is so like this takes serious serious guts i i asked and i'm probably gonna get in trouble for saying this but i'm just gonna tell the truth because it'll always set you free but i remember going to the place i worked and being like do you guys care? Like I, I've worked really hard. Like, do, do you mind if I like go do it, this television show? It's kind of like a once in a lifetime opportunity. And they were kind of like, no. And I was like, okay, well then I have to make a decision and I'm going to walk away from this business that I spent 15 years building from scratch and you can have it back because I'm not going to always, I'm not going to be on my deathbed one day and wonder what if. And so when I say like, I'm all in right now, not to bring it back to the ends, but like when I'm all in, like I walked away, handed the keys to my office, said goodbye to some amazing clients. It's managing millions of dollars across not just the nation, but the world. And I walked away to come try Southern Charm. And there's probably no going back. I mean, maybe there is, but I want to make this work. And I want to keep building the real estate Airbnb conglomerate and partner with other, you know, People in other cities um, spread the brand to, you know, Nashville, LA, maybe do licensing deals. Like I got big dreams for, for this real estate business. And the show is a, a megaphone. It's such a neat opportunity to try to give that business, which is my core baby now, those LLCs, all those houses that sleep hundreds of people a night. It's so cool to think about how it all has worked out. To use the show as a way to really get the word out, podcast with you, and hopefully keep spreading this thing bigger and bigger and bigger. And and then maybe along the way, people will see the journey I've been on and have some courage themselves and say, you know what, now's my time to go and do this thing. I, I need, like the guy from FUBU, I forget his name. He's on um he's on Shark Tank. Like, Damon. Damon, he's, he's an absolute G. Like he was a waiter or a bartender yeah. and then started FUBU. Yeah. I identify with that. Like I cold call from a closet in my 20s. And now I'm not on Shark Tank, but I'm on TV and it's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's honestly fun. Like who has this opportunity? I just feel, I just feel so thankful and all the hard work's kind of paying off and it's been paying off. And I guess I talked to girls in pretty red dresses from LA and it's, I, feel, <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I feel cool. So like, it is cool. And by the way, your story, that's insane because I've talked to, I've had over a hundred something people on, right? Most people don't have that kind of story that you do. And I think it, not only do I appreciate it as a hard worker and a hustler, but like that was me. I was in Ohio and I wanted, I didn't want the, what if, what if I didn't try and what if I didn't do do it. And I quit my job. All I had ever known was that family, friends, job. And I left by myself and I moved out here to LA. So the risks 
Like I can appreciate so much and sometimes they pay off and sometimes they don't. But again, the, the what if it doesn't like what if I think is worse than trying and going for the risk. Yeah, Do you agree a, now looking back because you did it? I'm doing it. I, I think it, I, I'm doing it. I, I think life is, as soon as you feel like you made it to the top is when you fall. And that may sound overly humble, but I, I think that the person I always take the most advice from, I, I'm able to kind of compartmentalize and go, I'll, ask, I'll, cons I'll, I'll make a phone call, I'll FaceTime myself from my deathbed. And I'll just say, what do you think I should do here? Because life is short. Like it's 80 years if you're lucky, 78, 90, whatever, but it's very, very short. And you never know when that, that time is, is going to come. And so when I'm really scared, like, do I do the TV show? And like, there's no lines. It's not like Shakespeare where I can know, I know Romeo and Juliet are both going to die in the end. And it's like the audience knows like, no, there are no lines. It's real. And it could have gone the other way where I could have come out and you could have said, well, my impression of you is you're an evil villain and you're toxic and you should never come back. That would have been detrimental to the business because villains sell tickets, but, but heroes sell merch. And so it was a conversation I had with the guy on my deathbed of me saying, should I do it or not? Should I walk away from a very healthy income and a cake job that I worked so hard to build? And he, he just said, he goes, I said to myself as I was dying, I said, you'll always wonder. And I was like, that's enough. And that's the same thing with my marriage. My wife was English. She lived in, she was from London. We were in love and the government said, she's got to go home. And I said, what should I do? And the guy in the deathbed said, you'll always wonder. So get engaged. So I did. And it didn't work out. But I often consult with that guy once every five to 10 years, these big life decisions and life is so short. So I have no regrets about doing the show at all. I'm so happy I did. But I would be lying to you if I didn't tell you that I did not have a solid night's sleep from probably last December until we ultimately began filming because I was so I was so nervous to to do this. So then you go on. Had you seen Southern Charm prior? Um, I had. I knew. You know. I knew the people on the show. Um, but I'd be lying to you if I said I was like an adamant Bravoholic. I mean, I yeah. you know, I, I I'd watched a few episodes here and there as as it would come on, but I wasn't like. So before I actually began filming, I did watch. I think it was set, season seven and season eight. So I would have an, at least an idea as to, you know, how it all flows. And um, yeah, so no, I didn't really, I just kind of was like, I'm a real estate developer, ex-finance guy, now doing reality TV and I'm, I'm doing it. I'm trying my best. So you're not, yeah, you're not trying your best. You're doing way more than that, JT. And you did, you are, you did it and you're still doing it. So you go on, you had seen some of the show, you saw some of the players, you kind of saw how this whole thing worked and went. Was it anything like you thought it would be? No. No, I don't think so. I think, I, I don't think, I, I didn't understand, I don't want to I've got to be careful how, what I share and don't share because of the show and I know that there's rules, but I, I never really understood like how a TV show is made, like how many people it takes, you know, I never knew. I never saw like, I, I just know I, 
it's it was like being behind the scenes of the Wizard of Oz and going, oh wow, this is wild. This is cool as fuck. This is cool. Um, and as a rookie, I just said, I'm going to soak it all up and show up on time and be a good person to the producers and to the other cast best I can, and just be a sponge. But no, it, I would say it was it was a lot different than what I what I was expecting in a good way. It was it was really it was really cool. Did you know anyone going into it? Yeah, like, of course. Did- yeah, I mean, I mean, certain people I knew really well, and certain certain people were more arm's length. But I, there was never. I mean, there was never a moment where I was kind of like, you know, like starstruck or like was like, "Hi, I'm nice to meet you," and um, tell me more about you. I mean, the only one I would say I didn't really know know was was Rodrigo, and there's a scene I think on maybe the bar crawl day where I'm like, hey, nice to finally meet you. That was the only one I had never, he was the only one I never met, but yeah, everybody else was, was cool. I knew him and it was cool. So what do you think was the hardest part of doing it? Cause we obviously all saw the whole season. What do you think was the hardest part for you? There's, this is an easy one for me because the hardest part for me was the last episode knowing that there was probably five to 10% maybe that Taylor would have been like, you know, I feel the same way. <laughs> I love you too. Um, to, to put yourself out there and be vulnerable in front of, I guess, I don't even know how many people watch that episode. Let's just say it's 1 million people to see a million people watch you get shot down. I mean, not many people can say in life that they're ever, they've ever experienced that. Um, but I also remember before I did it, I was going back to my wealth management days. And I remember feeling in wealth management, there was a breakthrough moment when I was trying to convince a prospect to become a client. And I used to have this spreadsheet. It was a green, red, or yellow. Green was they signed the document to be a client. Red was they said, I'm not interested at all. And then there was yellow, which is the ones where you're like, you've met with them a couple of times and you follow up once. It, the follow-up is always the hardest because the fear of rejection is real. Right. And the yellow was always the biggest column because you met with people and you were waiting to hear back. But I remember yellow was the worst of all three because being in limbo means that you can't move forward in a good way with the green. Red or denial is actually better than yellow. Limbo is hell. You know. You know. I know. So I'm like, okay, what's worse? Limbo and feeling that way for her or red. I was like, yellow's worse than red. Let's just shit or get off the pot here and at least go to red or green. Because I can't keep staying in yellow forever. And that was just the way that I built businesses. And you got to get out of limbo in life and just shit or get off the pot. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Did you always want to do it? Like, you always, I know you were the one that's like, you know, what if? So I knew you would go for it. Did you want to do it on camera? Or were you like, shit, maybe I should wait till we're not filming? Or... Or was it just like in a moment, like, I got to do it. I just got to do well, it if you, now. If you remember, like, I was laying down in my therapist, Rod. Rod like, I, I, think I, I, think, I think I had told Rod, and I was being very genuine. I was like, I'm not going to say it to Taylor today, and I'm not going to confront 
you know, you know who about anything else. I'm going to just have a nice time in that. And before the, before I do it. And then I don't know. I don't know. I just, yeah, I did it and I don't regret it because I got, I got put into red like your dress and that's a better place than you in a yellow dress or her. It just, you got, you got to get a limbo. That's the analogy. Are you still in red with Taylor? I think that there's, yeah, red, but now it's clear. Like, you know, when you send the clear heart emoji, it's like that. Yeah. Got so it's it. like, we, we, we're able to, we are, I mean, I was, I'm on a group chat with her and her dad, her mom and her dad. Like I probably talk to them more than her now. Cause she's got a new boyfriend, but no, me and her are strong. We're good friends and it's not awkward and we can grab a beer and just be homies. It's not awkward at all. And I'm happy for her. And, and, uh, I think a real man can take an L and still maintain a friendship with a woman, a simp, a true simp will hide in vulnerable and stay in limbo, not tell the truth about how they feel, always wonder because they're scared. And when they get rejected, if they have the courage to tell them, they start flexing and ignoring and, and, and almost, um, you know, putting like flexing on the girl because they didn't get what they wanted. And, and that's not my vibe with her. I want to see her win. And it seems like she's happy and I'm happy for her. So are you cool? Like you're cool. Like, Hey, tell me about your new man. Cool. Are you like, no, I don't want to know that though. I mean, I'm not like, yo, tell me about your love life with him. Like, is it good? or? <laughs> I'm not like, we're not getting granular. Um, I would just assume that she's happy and that's enough for me. I don't need to ask about how things are with her and her new man like that. Are there still feelings there? If feelings of, I would say white heart emoji love. And like, if she was ever like, Hey, I've had a huge change of heart. And then, you know, we would, we would meet in person and talk about it, but I am not holding my breath in that conversation. So. Okay. So for those who, cause you started out by saying like, he's an evil asshole or like, he's a really good guy and he's like, a, a, you know, mommy's got like, for those who say, watch the show and said, he's a mom's boy. He's a good guy. What do you say to those people? Gosh, I would say, you mean like the trolls and the haters that say JT's a simp, he's a mommy's boy, he was given everything. Like, you know, before I did the show, I sat down with probably like, you know, 50 to 100 people, my closest friends and family. And I said, look, I'm going to do this thing. It's a TV show, right? I'm going to do, I'm going to just keep being me, tell the truth. And there's going to be a lot of haters. And um, what would I tell them? I don't, you know, I don't care just hate me all you want, but I know who I am and my close friends and family do too. My business partners. And you know, was that saying like, you're never going to find a hater doing better than you. So just keep on hating haters. Do it. Do your thing. So would you say the same thing to people who are like, he's an asshole or, you know, go the other route and paint you as that, as that picture. He's an asshole. He's fake. Um, I think you just, over time, you just, I think not to get super deep, but I feel like people are just not, there's no one who's just inherently always 100% of the time good or evil. I think being a human being, part of the cool thing is that you have free will. And a good person to me is just somebody who overwhelmingly chooses good over bad. But I would be lying to you if I was pitching a perfect game every single day of my life. I make mistakes and I am not inherently perfect. And I'm like everybody else, just trying my best 
to make the right decision as many times in a row as I can so that one day people go, yeah, he is actually a good dude because he chose the right thing. And I think that people that get villainized on the show are usually the ones that, or in life, they just, they make the wrong decision too often and they get labeled or branded as a bad guy. So how people think I'm a bad guy after that first season, when I shoot my shot and get denied in front of millions, um, you know, okay, fine. Just keep watching. I'll keep trying to make the right decision. So like, do you, going back, you said the hard thing was the Taylor thing. Was there something that you wish though? Cause I know you don't like to live with regrets, but is there something that happened during the season that you wish you would not have said or done or could change and go back? Look, I think it's never, I think it's never, it's hard to hold yourself accountable. I think it's hard to look back at yourself sometimes. You, we know better than to get physical, you know, and that's not how you do things. That's not right. And I think the one thing I would change was, was even getting so heated or and getting physical. Um, I would change that. I would use words, not, not, uh, not fists. I think that's probably the one thing I would change. So where are you now with everybody? Like, I know we don't need to rehash like all the reunion, like whatever, but like, where are you with everybody? I know it's difficult. And I've said it a million times that there are like three parts to doing a reality show. There's the filming of it. There's the watching back of it. And then there's the reunion. And like each part is such a different part. You film it. And then you have to watch it back months later after you could be in a completely different place. You have no idea what the fuck people said in interviews. You don't know full situations. And then after all that, you have to go and you have to like rehash it all out at the reunion when everyone's like full of emotions after watching it back. So what part was like difficult, the most difficult for you? The filming, the watching it back or the reunion? They all, I want to give you, it's a really good question. What's the hardest part? They're all inherently difficult. The filming part, here's the, here's the golden rule that I went in with. It was just don't lie. Just tell the truth. Cause I think that trying to remember what you said and did and what, if you just tell the truth, you can remember what the truth was. If you start lying, it can get very tricky because then you see the edit and go, oh, shoot, I said that then, but I just said that. And if you just tell the truth. So I try to just always tell the truth, whether it's the reunion or filming, be myself, stay true to who I am. I would say, honestly, and this is just, it's hard. I mean, just watching yourself back, like to prepare for the reunion to see what all the different people said and did. That was hard. Just I don't like seeing myself on camera. I just don't. I mean, maybe that's me admitting that I'm partially insecure, but I just, I'm like, oh God, that's, you know, when you pose for a photo, like you want to get the right angle. I'm like, whoa, those camera guys really fleeced me on that angle there. And it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's hard. So you're like, I mean, like, damn, am I really that, like, do I really have that chin from that angle? Like, you're like, what? <laughs> How? I don't, and then you look in the mirror, that's not real. And you're like, so I think that just in the, battling the insecurity of watching yourself on tape. But then I think about like Michael Jordan or Tom Brady. The reason why they were so good was because they watched themselves on tape. You got to be a man and just watch it, own it, and then just deal with it. So getting good at watching yourself on tape, that's, that was the hardest part for me the whole time. 
I mean, hello, you're forgetting those like times in the scene, JT, when we're like no top on and, you know, our biceps are bulging and our abs are going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, those, those scenes those were are the right to, angles. Those scenes were more fun to watch than jumping off a yacht with a ducky around like in like headphones. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there was some, pro, there was pros and cons to all of So you're right. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, now streaming only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So was that, that tough too? Because like you are at a spot and you're like, oh, we're cool here. We're cool here. And then you start watching it back and you see the interviews and you see what's going on when you're maybe not in a scene or you see what people are saying in their interviews. What was the most shocking? Was it besides seeing yourself? I mean, another good question. I think that one of the things to tie in the trolls and some of the vernacular or the, or the show is like, in 38 years of life, I don't think I can count on one hand people that have called me a tool or a nerd, like ever. So like the fact that like so many people now on Instagram or, or TikTok are just like, yo, you're SDE, you're a nerd, you're a simp, you're a bitch, you're a tool, you're a, a whatever. Like, I'm like, huh? What? And then like to hear certain edits where you're like, like he's giving nerd vibes or he's a nerd or he's a tool from people. Like I'm like, am I? Then you go, am I a tool? Have I been wrong this whole time? So like the blur, you get a little blurred, like warped, like because so many people are like pouring it on and then the noise. Other, the, the noise and you go, wait, am I a Robbie's boy? Am I a nerd? No, actually I'm not. I have to refer back to my body of work as a 38 year old man. I'm not, but it can get blurry and you got to just keep close nucleus and remember who you are. But has that been difficult because of the, you know, everyone's like, don't read social media. Like that is such bullshit. If you tell me someone that's like, I'm not looking at the comments sometimes, I really, I don't believe them. No, I think that again, back to the watching of the film back, like a simp or a tool or a nerd would just not, I mean, you need to keep a pulse as to like, you want to get better. Like I always wanted to just keep getting better, whether it's, physically better, uh, financially better, better with my family, friends, relationships. Like you got to hold yourself accountable and you got to listen to some of the trolls. And um, I I firmly believe as painful and hurtful and as it can be, you will find glimmers of truth and you go, all right, maybe I got to tweak that a little bit um, to get better. And so I read it all and I'll respond sometimes to the trolls. I kind of, I kind of enjoy it. Like I'm like, some people say things. I'm just like, I'm going to, I just got to, I got to pop off a little bit here. 
Everybody always has to. Sometimes. I mean, it's kind of fun to just mess with the troll here and there. They're, they're kind of fun. It feels good because like you yeah. said, you're the one doing it. So it's a lot easier to sit on a computer in a dark room in your mom's basement, you know, like trolling on people than it is to be in front of the camera after you quit your job of 15 years doing something like you didn't move back to Charleston chasing this show. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you risked a shit ton for this. So yeah, I mean, you could say, difficult. you could say I'm all in for sure. I mean, it wasn't even, a, I mean, let's just, let's really get granular for a second. It wasn't a job. Like, yeah, I technically had a boss, but I was essentially like a sole proprietor. Like it was my business. Imagine just like, Building a business for 15 years. The hard part's over. There was a saying that my mentor gave me once, which was, you'll never work so hard for so little to one day work so little for so much. And I was in that phase. I was in the work so little for so much and surrounded myself with clients that I loved, getting paid a lot. And to do this new door open TV path, to just hand the keys to my office and hand that business back for free. I'm either dumb or an old soul that knows that this life is short and feeding my soul as much abundance as I can possibly have in hopes that if I ever come back, it'll somehow serve me or my family in the future later in a better way. So I don't know which one's right. Maybe I'll look back and regret this forever, but that guy on his deathbed said, you'll always wonder. And now I don't have to ever wonder. Could you imagine of doing it without Rod? Oh, man. <laughs> God, what a good guy. And no, I, I mean, I would have done it. I would have done it without him. But got, my God, he being able, because it's a lot of times like you need someone as a rookie to like talk to and like commiserate and be vulnerable with and like it's scary and neither of you know it's like imagine being in Keith's analogies but like I couldn't imagine being the only freshman like yeah. when you're on the bench or like you're getting ha not hazed like where you have to clean like, to have someone else with you cleaning the dirty jerseys when the rest of the team's in the cafeteria to not be alone and have someone who's an authentic friend it made all the difference in the world for me. And I know it helped him too. And we, and God, it was hard. It was hard in a lot of ways, but having, having a good friend to, to have along my side and, and be there for him for a year, that was, that was very, that was invaluable. I'll always be thankful for the show, for the network, for doing us or helping us both do that so that we weren't alone. I mean, was it, did you feel, alone because you keep going back to his analogies like I'm the one you know I'm the one cleaning up while they're on the field right I'm cleaning up the dirty dirt like did you feel alone a lot other than Rod did you really feel alone a lot during the show I think that there are tremendous resources at you know the show has give does give tremendous resources I never like it was it's a phone call away it's like they're there, but you almost don't want to call because of your own pride. You know, it's like, I don't want to call the coach because, you know, we're one month into my freshman season and I'm scared about X, Y, Z. I'm just, who can I call? You call your teammate. You call the guy who's there doing it with you. 
because you want to kind of keep it a secret. And that's not in any way to throw shade at the coach or the network or anything. It's just you do feel alone and you feel confused because you've never done this before. Right. Um, like I could sit here and talk to you about bonds and stocks and retirement planning and, and trust fund trusts and all. I could rap with you about some of the most wild financial gizmos and gadgets or real estate or real estate investing or development, like tell them, and you would, and you would gloss over because it, it wouldn't mean anything to you, but someone like Shepard Craig going into season nine, they could be sitting there telling me kind of how the year's going to look. And I'm like, huh? Totally. Cause it's so, it's like a new language and it's cool, right. but it, it does take time to learn that language. So having Rod, who also was like, we're both toddlers, like goo goo gaga, boo, boo. it's just like we had each other's toddlers and it was invaluable. So your mom, you're close with, your mom was on the show. Mm-hmm. People love, did your mom watch the show? I mean, Bunny, my mom, she, she does not watch, she doesn't watch reality TV a lot, but she is kind of a queen. She's, she's badass. As you saw on the show, she's, she doesn't take shit and, she didn't, I mean, she raised me, she made, she raised me right with my dad and she's now, she supported me and she, I can't believe she agreed to film. I mean, that was, I asked her and she goes, I go, was she filming me? Cause they were like, can you, we need to film you with your mom. I was like, Hey mom, will you filming me? And she was like, I made you. If you need me to protect you and like be there for you, I made you. I have no, no, no decision, but yes, I'll do anything you need to protect you and be there for you. And if you tell me you need me, I'm there. And she did it. And she crushed it. And at BravoCon, people were asking to FaceTime her. I was like, what about me? They're like, can we, call, can we call your mom? I'm like, I'm here. I'm like, I was like, next year she should come and I should sit at home. She was a rock star. I just was wondering what people closest to you, if they watched what they thought. like, Because we all know what your thoughts are and how you see yourself. But like... And we know how people that don't know you all over the internet might say, but like people that know you, not on the show, what they thought. I bifurcate my personality in two ways, JT and Jarrett. Like even my Instagram handle, jt.jarrettthomas, whatever it is. JT's the goofball, charming one, arm, you know, arm chug thing. And like just entertainer. Jared's the one that pays the bills and like bills business and like is a boss. And uh, the feedback, a lot of my close friends and family said, we said, we we saw a lot of JT and that's cool. But like maybe next season, try a little Jared. And I'm like, gotcha. All right, cool. So maybe next season I'll be a little bit more Jared. But But did you want to show that and try to show that because you wanted to show more of like your business side? I think that, when you agree to do a show, you, you do, you, I gave both. And, um, it just, the storylines played out in a way where I did, I did have feelings for Taylor and there was some beef with another individual on the show. And, um, and that's fine. I'm a team player. My freshman year, especially like, you know, uh, I want the team to win. So, if they needed JT more than Jarrett for season one, then like, cool, then take JT. Like I'm confident I'll, I, I can handle getting some shit from all over the, look, it was a positive. I'm not here like to complain or feel sorry, but I, I'm happy. And I feel like I got a great edit and um, was true to myself and things. And there's so much you film. It's you're, you're filming for months and months. I think they want, I want to say they take like five or 10% and they have to get all, there's only 42 minutes an episode. So it's nothing. It's nothing. So to get, 
uh, even on the show was hard. And then to get clips and, and footage on the show is huge. And so I hope next season, maybe there's some more business stuff and more Jarrett, but like I'm a team player and there's a huge success this season for all of us and the show and the network, I believe. So mission accomplished. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that's how I'll leave it with that. So like, like you said, the show, it's amazing. I mean, you, you go in and there's fans that love you and this and that, but then you get some people that claim to be like an ex and they make these videos. Like, what do you say to these people that are, you know, cause again, you get, when you sign up for a reality show, you never know what you're going to get. You get the great and then you get like that stuff. What do you, like, what is that about? Yeah. Like one of the things you have to think about when you do this is you're putting yourself on a national, but also I guess international spotlight. It's a big show. I think someone told me, one of the producers said it's in 27 countries, which is a lot of places. Um, So there's a lot of people that have a lot of thoughts and there's a lot of people also from your, like skeletons from your past. And so one of the considerations is like, before you put yourself on a, whether you're running for office or um, doing a national show, especially reality TV where it's, there's no lines, you know, skeletons in your closet are going to surface and how you respond to those skeletons and, and that uh, not propaganda, but that shade, the trolling from people that claim they know you or, you know, my policy with that is, and I think the, U- the United States does a pretty good job of international diplomacy. Like we don't negotiate with terrorist nations. We won't even hold an audience. Our ambassadors don't hold meetings, you know, at the Pentagon or the White House. So if a troll wants to troll me, I consider that not to sound dramatic, but emotional terrorism. And I don't negotiate with terrorists. And so there are, there's a couple people out there that are making noise and I could validate and give them a platform with a response, but I'm going to take a page out of the U S international diplomacy and I'm not going to grant them an audience and they can say whatever they want to say. And, I'm rooting for her, but I don't really mean that. <laughs> I mean, that probably could not have been better well said if I scripted it myself. I just appreciate how well, thank God you're confident because I, I wonder how some of these people go on, especially their first, I don't care if it's their even 10th, and they don't have the confidence to deal with these things. And some of these things can really you know, you, sometimes it's like, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And I feel like some of these people don't know when to fold it because they want the show so bad. They want the quote, like the, the, the fame. And I feel like you are one that would know I'm here. This is who I am. And I know how long I want to do it or not do it, but I'm smart enough to like recognize either way. Whereas I feel badly because I watch and I'm like, oh man, they should have gotten out or like one season too long or two seasons too long. And now it's like hitting on like a tidal wave. Yeah, but you're, you're an expert on this because you, you cover this. I'm going to ask you a, a question, even though it's your show. But like, would you say, I know it's a, it's a knee-jerk answer, but like, would you say that the people that usually do get villainized, it's not the, sh- it's not their, it's not their show that, weaponizes a particular edit per se it's their bad decision making and usually their web of lies correct that sinks them so if you if you stick to the golden rule i think of reality tv just don't lie no matter how bad you fuck up like i don't want to throw shade at the vanderpump 
show, but like I gotta just say this because I'm just and I'm probably gonna get in trouble, but whatever. I watched the Vanderpump reunion. Not that I give two dams about their their stuff, but I just wanted to learn before I did my reunion how a reunion is done because it was apparently a really successful one. They have like three episodes, right? Oh, that was and the not- thing that was mo- the most the most horrible thing of all. And again, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but I'll own it. Is the layers of lies. And I remember the third episode when they have the the other lady, um, Ra- 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 Raquel, right? Raquel? Yeah. Okay. Raquel comes back and, and they're like, and then she's like, well, actually I was coached going into the reunion to lie. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. I know. that's like the Cardinal. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. It and was like, a lot of bad. If you just don't lie, it makes your life a lot easier. It's hard to tell the truth, but then it'll be a lot easier later on reality TV because you're not going to get away with it. You're not. There's too many people watching. Which is probably why then, because that's such a part of you and your truth, that you got, you had issues with others maybe on the cast because it's like, just tell truth. Just like, tell the truth. Yeah, I mean... I would be sitting here being disingenuous with you if I told you that I never lie because I'm human and I do lie sometimes. And um, I, something that I think we all struggle with and because it can be hard to tell the truth. There's so many instances that, that I've... Anyways, but I do think that... Uh, where am I going with this? I do think that... Um, we covered it all at the reunion pretty much. But I don't want to talk too much about the lies on my show because we've already kind of hashed it all out. But I talked about this with you earlier this week or last week. I can't remember on the phone, but it was like some of the stuff that I saw this season would have been so much ma- more manageable if, if it was just addressed honestly in the beginning. And and so, but I guess that's why that's why we have a show because without lies and deceit and manipulation, there wouldn't be a show. So people want drama. That's humans. That's humans. It's just. The human experience being documented and without lines. It's pretty it's actually pretty cool. So of all things that I know certain things, but like you're not doing any more podcasts, like this is it for the season. What is something or some things that you want people to know about you? And maybe we already said it, that maybe they didn't get, didn't know, or whatever from the show. I think that I'm so grateful for the opportunity and to the people that have come out and showed so much support. And I guess now this is my one podcast and I really do like you. I think you're awesome. That's why I wanted to do it with you. I think it would just be to the haters just so that they know that it's not just some little mommy's boy who isn't really you know, a real man, you know, I mean, I think it, a real man can be vulnerable and honest and I wasn't given much and I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And in time you'll get to know me better and you'll see a real boss. And I'm not just a little mommy's boy simp. I'm not. And it feels good to just say that and, and know it's going to probably, you'll probably, you'll, you'll, transmitted and the, the hater oh he's lying he's contrived he's evil he's just trying to manipulate how is it awesome shep and he's doing the same no it's not 
it's different. And yeah, I think Jared and JT getting the Jared out there, I think is, um, cause I worked really hard to get where I am. So that's, that's what I wanted to get out today. Well, if I can say, I think you are fucking incredible. Oh, thank you. Um, uh, you're incredible. No, I think you are. Well, I think you are. <laughs> no, stop. Tell me one more time. No, <laughs> I, you know, there's a million reasons why, again, I wanted to talk with you and have you on, but it's, there are a million Bravo people out there and there are not a million Bravo people that you connect with and that you feel are real and genuine and just a good fucking person. And that's what I try to live by just being a good person. Not like I've always said that maybe my podcast would be bigger if I was always like, you know, trying to go like the aha gotcha moment or like going in for the jugular to like get the the headlines. But like, that's not how I roll either. So I'm really happy that you entrusted me to have this conversation with. I really wanted to get your voice out there because a lot of people go out and do podcasts and they get, they get the voice out there and they get that, well, this happened, but this, and they get to tell their side of the story. I wanted you just to not even a side of a story, but like who you are and who you want us to know who we are in case we didn't know it's one season. So that's really why I wanted you to do this too. Is there anything else that like you want to say that you want people to know anything? I would love for people to, uh, if they're coming to Charleston, stay at one of my properties at the ends, you know, go to the ends.com. Um, come, come take advantage of the event space, which actually I just got the business license approved after four years today. <laughs> today it took me four years today? Like, this morning. Yeah. Actually I have it. I'm going to show it. Rose it. That's right. amazing. Hold on one second. Where's that business license? Well, I had it, and then apparently I lost it. I can't find it, but it's in here somewhere. <laughs> so come, come, if I can find the business license, come have a Send rehearsal dinner, we'll come do that. Um, or just come to Charleston and come just DM me, and, and we'll do an arm chug. Because as you could see from my BravoCon, uh, like the edit I put together, like I, 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 the fans, like Kevin Hart once said, he's like, you think alcohol or heroin are addictive? Try, try like feeling the love that comes from fame. That is the most lit drug there is. Not that I do drugs, but um, I, I really enjoy connecting with the fans. They're fun. And connecting with people like you who are passionate about this whole network and the reality TV thing, it's been really cool. And I hope people come to Charleston because I only get to go to BravoCon once a year. And so come here. Let's hang out. Come you too. I well listen, I need to get my ass there for sure. If anything, I want to stay at one of your ends. Okay, so where say again, where can everyone find you? Where can everyone find the ends? Let's tell them all one more time. You can find me on Instagram, J, whatever, JT, whatever. I don't have the name. And then the ends.com. You can also go on my Instagram and just pull up. There's a link in the uh the bio to the event space and the collection of Airbnbs. And by the way, the event space, which I'm in is walkable to all the fun attractions, restaurants, bars, and all the Airbnbs. So you just, it's all right here. Just come check it out. That's amazing. I'm so like, I know this might sound weird, but like, I'm so proud of you. I think oh. that you handled yourself like a rock star on your first season. 
And it's very difficult waters to navigate, especially when you're with people for so long, very seasoned vets. Yeah. Like you think it's easy. Like I'm (laughs) friends with Craig and pretty good friends with Shep. Like when you're on a set and they've, they've been there for, this is their ninth time around the sun. Like, and this is your first time. You're just like, I mean, in any, whether it's basketball, football, imagine being a, like Mike or LeBron James son one day playing for the Lakers next to LeBron James. Like, totally. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's not to the same degree, but there is sort of like this, whoa, like you guys are really good at this. And I'm just trying to like learn and take advice. And actually I'll give Craig credit. Craig really gave me a bunch of good advice. And I leaned oh. into Craig and Vanita and Madison and a few others, Leva for sure. Um, I mean, I really strengthened some relationships that were already there. And I love when people go, oh, you're Madison, you're dude Madison. I'm like, that is a serious compliment. <laughs> like that doesn't get better than that. <laughs> I'm like, little old me, male Madison, let's go. So now haters. <laughs> um, so other than Rod, who would be your first call from the cast? Um, that really has changed over the last year. It, it, initially, it probably would have been Craig. Um, but now it's the girls. I'm really, you know, that term like a fog. I feel like a mm-hmm. fog, like a friend of girl. I'm like, yeah. hmm. I'm like, do I call like Madison was texting, we were texting yesterday. Lev and I are about to do some, I think maybe do some business together for some real estate business. Um, Vanita and I are like, we like, I mean, not just like tell all, but like, you know, Pilates at times and um, oh, I love that. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I guess I self-identify now more of a Southern Charm fog and uh, working on the male relationships. So we'll see if this next season we can repair and, and move forward pr- uh, productively. Well, you're cool with Shep and, and Craig. It's just basically one, I feel like. No? Yeah, no, I think without, yeah, I think Craig and Shep, I think, uh, you know, men are, it's like men are interesting. I guess women are the same too in, in some ways with, with territory, but like it, it, there does seem to be a little bit of like a, I'm in trouble for this one. Like can't really be super tight with him because of this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's like, you see what I'm saying? So yeah, totally. I get that. I get that. And I'm cool with that. And I think that over time as relationships are mended and repaired it'll all be cool under the sun with everybody. But for right now, I think we got to get back into season, season 10 and, and have some hard conversations and, and try to move the ball on the field in a productive way. Do you want to mend specifically a certain relationship? You never want to go through life. Like, I mean, hate is so exhausting. Love is so much easier. Hate's exhausting. And I think wherever you have an opportunity to uh, eliminate or release, reduce, intense feelings of negativity it, it it changes your whole spiritual being and you burn less mental calories focusing on the negative and you can get back to positive and do cool stuff so i'm always open to trying to get to positiveville with everybody um but in order to do that i, I think it takes you know two to tango and it, it's not just going to be a donation it's going to have to be where it's a relationship for probably both have to work at it. I don't know. I don't know if that's, if that's going to happen. You need more rod time on the couch. You need more therapy sessions. I, I can never get enough time with rod. He's a, he's, he's a good one. 
I thought, you were saying, I thought you were going to say I could never get enough time with Rod on the couch. And I was going to be like, yeah. I think I did say that, but I think you're taking <laughs> out of context. And now I don't trust you anymore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I fucking love you. I am so happy. I, I just, I want to, like, this was almost one of my most important one ever to, like, feel like I did you justice. Thank you. I am getting, I am getting dumped on. Like, I'm getting dumped on, and I knew that I was going to happen, but I'm getting dumped on. And it's cool to see, like, in the very beginning, people were like, oh, we love JT. He's, like, harmless and fun. And then I started to beef, and everyone's, like, drew the, the lines in the sand. I'm like, now I'm getting dumped on. And I think that, in a way, that's a good signal. You know, I think you can be the president of the United States if you have 51% of a big number. I don't need 100, but you just don't want to dip below 40, like 50. <laughs> I'm, I'm trending towards that line, and I want to do what I can. So this podcast with you, hopefully whatever these words have been today, gets me 51, 52, 48, 49, especially in this election year. So You're at least at 51 in my book. You think I'm at 51? Yes, for sure. I'd rather be loved by 51% of a million than 95% of 10,000. Oh, that's You true. can do more with, you could, there's, a, there's a lot more positive and all the negative, like actually it's like, oh, just the 49ers, but I, I like San Francisco 49. I don't, I don't want to shame them. That's a cool city, but the 49ers, the haters, if that number ever, ever became 51, that would be really hard. That means you're doing something wrong. So what you, I would ask for you to do, because again, I have seen this, is to not focus on that. The only 49ers, like, I want you to focus on are the team. Um, I, like, listen, you're doing an amazing job, and there's always going to be fucking haters. You will never please everybody. Never, ever, not ever. You could literally be like, I just did everything perfect, boom. You could be Kobe and have score 70 points in a game, and someone's going to say, why didn't you score 72? So like, yeah, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say to you is that like, I am comfortable having the 49% still be there, but focusing my attention on the 51. Good. Good. Yeah. I mean, learning to be comfortable with so much hate and vitriol, but really focusing and being intentional with giving your time and energy to the 51 or greater. Like that's the game now. And it's a, uh, it's a new game every day I wake up. It changes. It's pretty, it's, it's pretty fascinating. What a cool human experience this has been. Listen, it will continue to be hopefully. It will continue to be. I'm so excited we did this. And again, I just wanted to feel like I did you good. Like I did. You did. You know. I mean, you the truth will always set you free and you opened up the doors of truth. So thank you. And thank I hope you. to see you in the halls in the next BravoCon and then next January on a podcast. If not sooner. Well, and no, 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 Charleston. Before that, I gotta, I gotta come check out your beds, your inns, your yeah. beds and your inns. <laughs> well, if I, can the the, if I, if I can ever leave the couch with Rod, we can meet. I can show you, <laughs> I can show you the beds. This got weird, but I understand what you're saying, and I, I love you it. too. And I'm here for it all, baby. I can't wait I'm to see your bed. I can't wait to see the inns, and I can't wait to see you next season. I'm excited. Thank you so much for giving me a chance and for being lost at BravoCon. I'm so happy that we ran into each other. It's been serendipitous. Thank you. <laughs>